to turn in your Bible to Second Peter, the first chapter. All the welcomes have already been made. It's good to have everyone. And I've been studying most of the day. Once I got those people out of their house. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh boy, I've blown it now. Doesn't make the preacher mad. <clears throat> now I've I've had a good day. And um I had my alarm set for six o'clock so that I wouldn't overstudy and I would um, be able to get ready and be here for church tonight. It'd be bad not to have the evangelist show up, but I've really enjoyed the day. Uh, all kidding aside, I've really enjoyed um, being with the Lord, and I'm really excited about what God is going to do. I don't have anything for you personally, but I pray that the Spirit of God gets a hold of you and gives to you, puts in your inner being, your spirit, what that you need. We need something to carry us through every day in the days that we are living in. Second Peter, the first chapter, verse 3 through 7. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Wherefore, we are, wherefore are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. How many like promises? Promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, everybody say, add to your faith. Add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly love, and to brotherly love charity. We should add to our faith every day. Now, if you're one of those that have to have a title for the message, it is simply walking by faith. Now, Romans, the first chapter, the 17th verse, tells us, For herein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by what? Faith. faith. The just shall live by faith. I'm laying some scripture here. Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verse 38 now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul hath no pleasure in him. Twice he has said, the just shall live by faith. How many faith walkers we got in the house tonight? I want to tell you something. There have been more testimonies of miracles that have come out of the Huddleston Church then you can stake, uh, shake a stick at. There have been so many healings, amen, of cancer. And it just continues on and on because the just live by faith and we have faith in God and his promises as what he can do, amen. 
You will either live by faith or you will die by doubt. Amen. See, when I'm standing on a spiritual cliff, and you got to hear that word spiritual cliff, not a natural cliff, but when I'm standing on a spiritual cliff and there's no turning back and the Lord tells me to just step out, when I step off of that cliff, I will either find something there to stand on, God will give me something, or it will be at that very moment, he will teach this old girl how to fly. Amen. God did not call us to fly and teach us to fly just to watch us fall. Amen. He didn't bring me this far to leave me, church. Hallelujah. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Hallelujah. God has been with me all throughout the years and God is going to continue to be with me. Amen. Hebrews 11 and 6, you could quote that. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that half-heartedly seek him. Oh, it doesn't say that, does it? It said he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Him. Diligently seek Him. Not this mamby pamby, now I lay me down to sleep, but diligently seek Him. Amen. Oh God, if it be thy will, save my life. That diligently seek Him. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. My grandmother was a prayer warrior. She's gone on to be with the Lord. My mother was a prayer warrior. She's gone on to be with the Lord. There have been prayer warriors in this church that has already gone on to be with the Lord and I'm asking us this question who's going to take their place who's going to step up to the to the plate and say I will pray I'll be that person that you can call 24 hours a day and I will diligently seek the Lord in your behalf amen it is impossible to please God without faith you know, with me, faith walking is a lifestyle. I said faith walking is a lifestyle. I don't get up one morning and say, well, do I have faith today or do I not? I don't get out in my car and say, I hope this thing starts today. I hope it will get me back to St. Mary's Thursday. Oh, God, I just pray and I just hope that it does. It never enters my mind. I get in the car, I push the button, it starts, and I put it in gear and away I go. I will be surprised if it doesn't start. Amen. I will be surprised. I will be shocked if it doesn't start. And that's the way that we ought to be in God. We ought to be surprised if what the healing that we're praying for doesn't take place. We should never be surprised when it does take place. Hallelujah. I said faith walking is a lifestyle. Luke the 18th chapter, the 8th verse. I tell you that when he will avenge them speedily, nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, who is that? When Jesus comes, shall he find what? Faith on the earth. Faith. 
Will he find faith in you when he comes back? Romans, the eighth chapter, verses six through eight. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh, everybody say cannot. There's no maybes about it. If you are in the flesh, you cannot please God. The Bible tells us we're not to be carnally minded. To be carnally minded is an offense to God. He wants us to be spiritually minded. You know what we need to do? We need to quit trying to figure everything out. We need to try, quit trying to figure God out. <laughs> About the time I think I've got him figured out, Pastor, he does something else. You can't put God in a box and say, you know, I was standing like this the last time you healed me, so I'm going to stand like this again. I had so-and-so pray for me the last time and I was healed, so I'm going to call them. Come on. I'm going to part my hair like Benny Hinn and I'm going to have people come and, and I'm going to lay hands on them. They're going to be healed. No, you can't put God in a box. There's no way you can fence, fence him in. We need to quit trying to figure him out and just walk by faith. Amen. Hey, I've been walking by faith a long time. If I live till November the 18th, I will be celebrating 37 full-time years in the ministry, and I've done every one of those days by faith. I didn't do it by month, didn't do it by year. I did it on a daily basis, every day, stepping out in faith. Brother Charlie, you're going to find out, you're finding out what that is all about. Amen. When he gives you a bunch, put some of it back because you're going to go to a stingy church that's not like Huddleston, and you're going to need some Huddleston money to carry you through. I'm just telling you the truth. Amen. You'll find out in the month of October, you start paying house payment and car payment for November and December because nobody wants an evangelist in their church in November, December because of the holidays, and that is understandable. So you need, I'm just talking to Charlie. So you need to be wise with what you get, okay? I'm trying to help you, son. Romans, the fourth chapter. Verses 17 through 21. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead and called, I love this verse, and called those things which be not as though they were. Now that is faith. I want, I want to stop right there. I'm going to just step aside for just a second out of this message and tell you something. I think I've told you before about two years ago, I was in revival in South Carolina. And the pastor had had uh, cancer behind his ear. They went in to dig that cancer out 
and they made a huge hole and they hit a nerve. They, they cut a nerve and it caused his eye to droop way down and it caused his mouth. He looked like a severe stroke victim, worse than a stroke victim. And I was to go there in, in November, the first part of November, the last part of October for revival. And I expected to hear them to call me and say that it was canceled and understandably so. But no, he called me. He had his wife call me. He said, the revival's still going on. I said, all right, I'll be there. But I understand if you need to cancel. If pastor doesn't feel, no, he said, come on. So I went and whenever, and I was staying with his sister Sunday morning when I walked in church, I was not prepared for what I saw. Um, he was a handsome man, but this thing with his eye that drooped so far down his mouth, way down here, it, it made his face look like a monster. And my stomach flipped when I saw him. And I almost lost my breakfast. And I said, oh, Lord Jesus, heal this man. And we went into the revival. And I thought, you know, he gets an A for just showing up in public. And uh, the next day, he said, come over. The wife has got, um, wants you to come over for supper, for dinner. And so I said, okay. So I went over, and I'm eating with them. And he said, you know, I'm going to a plastic surgeon. And he talked out of the side of his mouth over here. He said, I'm going to a plastic surgeon. They're going to try to see what they can do. And the Lord quickened in my spirit about a story that Smith Wigglesworth, my hero, Smith Wigglesworth told in one of his books about a woman that stood up every night in a revival. She had a gorder. You know what a gorder is? Big old hurricane thing hanging out here. And she would stand up every, more, every night in revival, and she would say, I want to thank God for healing my gorder. And she'd sit down, and the first couple of times she did it, the people looked at her like, you need to look in the mirror, honey, it's still there. But every time, revival, she would stand up every night. She said, I just want to thank God for healing this gorder. And then she'd sit down. Revival came, the revival went. She was not healed. But every time they had church, this lady stood, and she said, I want to thank God for healing this gorder. One night in the middle of the night, God did heal the gorder. It sucked back up. It was right up. I mean, her neck looked just as normal as anybody's neck. And the next time she went to church, she stood up and she said, Like I said, I'd like to thank God for healing this gorder. Now that's faith. That's faith. What did that scripture just say? And calling those things which be not as though they were or as though they are going to be. And I told that to Brother Sweat as he was sitting there. And I said, the Bible tells us, you know, calling those things that are not as though they are going to be. And he said, I need that scripture. And I said, okay, it's over in Romans, the fourth chapter. We'll get it for you. And I told him that. And I, and I just felt in my spirit to share that with him. And he came, of course, every night to revival. And before the service was over, he just said, I want to just say one thing. I want to thank the Lord. For healing me, healing my face. And at first the people kind of looked at him a little strange, but they didn't say nothing. Revival went, he wasn't healed. It was um, about six weeks later, I was in Lowe's and I got a phone call and it was his wife. 
He said, she said, Sister Kay, I want you to look on Facebook under mine and Ray's page. And I looked and I said, there y'all are in the restaurant eating. I said, um, how long ago was this taken? Because his, his face looked good and I knew it was before that it happened. I said, how long ago was this taken? She said, it was just taken yesterday. God healed Ray's face. It's drawn back up just like it has always been. It's just like it was. He went to follow up because he wanted to show the plastic surgeon. He went and the plastic surgeon said, where'd you go? He said, my God, man, look at you. What happened? And he said, my God, my God happened to me. Jesus healed me. Amen. He healed me. And that plastic surgeon just sat there and he said, well, I tell you what, I've got a hundred people that wish that they could get healed like that because there's no way I could make your, I could have made your face look as good and as normal as it does now. You serve a powerful God. Yes, I serve a powerful God. Hallelujah. One that heals and delivers and sets free. Praise God. Now let me get back to my message. Who against hope? believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Now you got to listen to verse 19. (laughs) And be not weak in faith. (laughs) You can't expect to get anything from God if you are weak in faith. If you've always got to have somebody else to have the faith for, it's time we grow up and get faith for ourselves. Hallelujah. Not being weak in faith. He considered not, not his own body now dead. Went not talking about a natural death, but dead as being able to conceive children. Was about an hundred years old. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. See, Sarah, I told you I was going to preach about you tonight. He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being, how? Fully persuaded That what he had, he, God, had promised, he, God, was able also to perform. Do you believe God can come through? Hallelujah. I want you to give me some, give me some volume on this, Mike. I've stayed up here about as long as I can. I can just see. I can't hear, but I can see. Now I hear and now I see. I could just see Abraham. You know, God told Abraham, you're going to have a son. I'm going to give you a son. But Abraham and Sarah were impatient. And sometimes we mess things up through being impatient. Do I got a witness in the house? Just because God said, I'm going to do something, sometimes we think that means tomorrow or right now. But see, a, a thousand years is as a day with the Lord, and a day is as a thousand years. Said, I'm going to give you a son. And they, wouldn't, they didn't have one in nine months. Time was rocking on. Sarah got her fingers in the pie. She got everything all messed up. Said, why don't you go lay with Hagar, 
and have a little Ishmael. Ishmael was born. That was not God's will. And sometimes we get things all messed up because we get ahead of God's will. Amen. And so here he's got a little Ishmael running around. And then he's a hundred years old. Well, Sarah ain't no better. She's right behind him. She's 90 I am talking walking raisins, people. I mean, these people were so wrinkled. They are old. And God says, you're going to have a baby. Well, that's a miracle right there. That's a miracle. And I can hear the women of the town. Women, women ain't changed throughout the centuries. That tongue just a wagon. I can hear the women of the town. Back in, Brother Anthony, you just sit there. Keep your hands quiet. Don't look at your wife. Just look at me. Here we go. I'm getting in trouble. I can hear the women of the town, the town folks saying, you know, whispering around. Did you hear? Oh, girl, get out of here. I mean, like, totally, I don't know if they talk valley talk or not, but, you know, are you, have, we talking about Abraham, Sarah. Yeah, girl, she's going to have baby. You done lost your mind. Sarah is 90 years old. Abraham is 100 that ain't going to have no baby. I heard it with my own ears. That's what my grandma used to say. She never said I heard it. It was, I heard it, my Granny James, I heard it with my own ears. Well, I don't care what you heard. They ain't having no baby. You crazy girl to even believe such a story like that. Well, about eight months along, Sarah needed something from town. Here she come. She said, girl, Sarah's going to have a baby. I told you she's going to have a baby. I told you she was. And she, Jean, don't laugh. Y'all might have another one. Oh. Sorry, Jean. Man, I saw that. She hit you hard, man. Oh, he can't have no baby. He can't even take a punch like that. I mean, that was, a, that was a, Sherry says, I just rebuked that thought right there. That, <laughs> that was not a love hit. And at the age of 100 and at the age of 90, Sarah and Abraham had a baby. That was not only a miracle of God, but it was a promise of God. A promise 
of God fulfilled. And, and you know how the story goes. Then Sarah, she's jealous because of Hagar and Ishmael, and she's not going to have no Ishmael taking part of their inheritance all the time, and has them kicked out. And see what happens when you mess up with God's promises. But I am telling you, I love that verse 19. And he being not weak in faith. He knew that his body was past bearing there. But he was about 100 and the deadness of Sarah's one. But listen to verse 20. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. And he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Hallelujah. He knew that what God had promised, that God was able to come through with. And I want to tell you, I don't know where, where you are tonight what you might be going through, but whatever God has promised you, His promises are yea, yea, hallelujah. His promises will come through. Charlie, how old are you? 20 what? 22 years old. Was you going to this church 10 years ago? 8 years ago? I remember meeting Charlie. Somebody deduct 8 from 22 for me. Are you sure? Okay. You don't want to call for an answer. Okay. That's your final answer. All right. 14. I can't preach and do math at the same time. Get me off here and I'll do you math for you. 14 years old. I remember coming to this church. Brother Murphy was pastor. You know where Charlie? Charlie was sitting right there. Had his Bible and everything. And I looked at that little 14-year-old pup. And I thought, wow, most kids are on the back pew like Charlie is tonight. I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> Charlie, what happened? Thou, he, he, he has to help with the sound stuff, so we're going to give him that, okay? But I was always impressed. In fact, Lois would, when Lois would come with me, we were always impressed about this young kid that came and, and had his Bible, and, and he treated that Bible like it was his best friend. I, I watched him. I've been, I've been watching you, Charlie. And I watched him, and I watched that 14-year-old boy grow into a 22-year-old man. That is the state youth director over Virginia. <laughs> Associate pastor here. Out doing revivals. I don't know if God ever spoke it into his heart, Brother Murphy. But I know one thing. If he did, Charlie's been hanging on to that dream all of these years. Uh, and we are seeing the, for, the fruits of it. The fulfillment of it. God is using that, that young man today because of a promise. I want to tell you something. God's got promises for every one of us. All we've got to do is reach out. Uh, grab hold of it. And hang on to it. Uh, and believe. And be full. Fully persuaded that he is able to perform. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Numbers, the 23rd chapter, the 19th verse. God is not a liar. What God says, God means. When God told them, don't touch the ark, the, the oxen stumbled. And, it, was, and it, it looked like the ark was going to fall. A man reached out to steady it. He was just trying to help. But God said, don't touch the ark. And, if he, and he did. And he was struck dead. God is not a liar. What God says, he means amen. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? Yes, yes, yes. God will make it good. Now go over to 1 Kings, the 17th chapter. First Kings, the 17th chapter, verse 10 through 16. Verse 10, and when he had come to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, as the Lord Thy God liveth. I have not a cake or a pone of cornbread, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it or make this meal for me and my son that we may eat it and do what? Die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me therefore a little cake first. Everybody say first. And bring it unto me, and after make for thee and thy son. Now I can just see if the modern day, if this happened today, CNN and ABC and all of them have their cameras down there, and the headlines would read, Evangelist steals food from destitute widow and son. Amen. That's the day we're living in. I mean, it, it just kind of sounds a little harsh for him to say, now listen to me. First he told her, don't be afraid. Just listen to me. Fear not. I want you to go ahead and do like you was going to do. Go ahead and make that pone of cornbread. But I want you to bring it to me first. Then I want you to go in and make it for you and your son. And she's probably thinking, I just told you I only had enough for us. But she did not question Elisha. He said, for thus saith the Lord God of Israel, hallelujah. The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil faint until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and she did accordingly to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat 
many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. She went by faith, and faith continued to fill the barrel. Had she said, I can't do that. I don't have that kind of faith. I don't know you. I don't trust you. She probably would she and her son die. But because she had the faith, just the faith, just for that day, just for that act, she went and she did as the man of God told her to. She not only made him a pone of cornbread, she made some for her and her son. And the Bible said that they did eat for many days. Going to, God was going to send rain. Things were going to be good. And I love that. And the barrel of meal wasted not. This would be so neat to, to reach into that, that barrel and pull out some meal and then look and where you had taken the meal from was filled up again. Take that cruise of oil and pour that oil into the pan. Set it down and watch that thing fill back. Only God can do something like that. Only God can heal you when the doctors say go home and die. Only God can wake a little girl out of a one month coma and cause her to live again. Woo! Hallelujah. Only God can heal you and make it all right again. Everybody say only God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I want to, t- hallelujah, forget those other scriptures. I-, I feel God right here, right now. I'm telling you, I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't need to know. It could be spiritual. It could be physically. It could be mentally. It could be financial. I don't know what is going on in your life. But I know God. I know God. I said I know God. I know God. And that's all I need to know. Hallelujah. I know God is able to heal. I know that God is able to deliver. I know that God is able to make whole. I know that God is able to give you an unexpected check in the mail to cover whatever it is that you're worried and you're concerned about and you've been doing right by God by tithing and giving in offerings. You've been doing right and you're saying, Oh God, uh, you said that you'd open up the windows of heaven uh, and pour me out a blessing. Uh, Yes, God will do it. Uh, He will do it. He's done it for me time and time and time again. Uh, All of these years uh, and he's not going to quit now Uh, he's not going to leave me out there stranded oh hallelujah well this is not what I expected but this is what God wants I want you to stand with me I want the ministers of of the house I want you to come I want the ministers to come and I just want you to make one line just one line ministers come and stand right here and all I can say is only God only God Only God, only God, only God. 
Sister Anita, come on up here. Only God. There is no healing in pastor in his hand. If you are healed tonight, it will not be because of these ministers. It will be because of God. <laughs> Only God. Only God. I, I, want, I want you, go ahead, y'all, go ahead and play something. But, but this is what I want you to do. I want us to do it like this. I want you to start making your way over here to this aisle. I want you to start coming through. And I, know, I mean, come on, come on, come on, come on. If you need something, start stepping out right now. And just start making your way right through here. Um, Pastor, you need to come up here with the oil and anoint. And I want for the rest of y'all to believe. Can you do that? Can you believe with the ones that are coming through? They're not coming through for sure. They actually have a need in their life. They have a need in their life. Amen. Would you believe with them? Go ahead and play something back there.